Morgan and Amzie did a great two job, or no, a great two jobs, a great, yeah, yeah, it's two jobs, great job the past two weeks, um, preaching on this, I'm going to finish it up tonight, and I'm talking about passion, and therefore I need you guys to be passionate, because if you're passionate while I'm talking about passion, then I'm going to be more passionate talking about passion, and then it's going to be a better talk about passion, ipso facto, Passion. All right, so are you, are you guys prepared to do that? Can you guys be pumped and passionate? I know we just had a tender worship time, and it was sweet, and it was soft. And Amzie had the little guitar going, and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, and we were all just chilling. But now, I need you guys to be pumped up and passionate. Can we do that? Can we make that transition? Okay, first order of business. I need Zod to be passionate for Ministry of Helps to open my water bottle for me. Oh, it was already open? Oh, I'm embarrassed. That's embarrassing. That's fine. Okay. No, I don't need that. You can give it to me, though. I'm just stalling because I don't know how to start. Is that cool? Is that weird? Um, okay. So we're going to talk about passion or pressure. That's been the series that we're ta- we've been talking about. Amen? You guys ready to jump into it? I'm going to start out with a scripture. In the book of Revelation, how many read the book of Revelation? There's all kinds of crazy things that happen in the book of Revelation. Um, there's all kinds of crazy locusts and animals and uh, horses and five, ten-headed beasts with horns and everything. So read the book of Revolution, uh, Revelations. It's really cool. We're going to read uh, Revelation. Revel- I cannot say Revelation tonight. Did you hear me try to say it four times and I blew it? Revelation. This is going to be fun tonight. I can already tell. Revelation chapter 3. All right. We're going to do 15 and 16. It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. Say amen to that. Eh, I'm not very passionate, but that's okay. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. So right from the get-go, we see from the Bible that God wants us to be passionate. God designed us to be passionate. God says, I want you to be hot or cold One extreme or the other, be extreme though. Don't just be lukewarm. Don't just have one foot on each side of the fence and be bleh. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody drink coffee in here? This just came to me. I didn't even plan to say this. This is a word from God about coffee. How many people know that hot coffee is delicious and iced coffee is delicious? But when you leave your coffee sitting out and it gets lukewarm and you take a drink of it, what do you want to do? Spit it out because it's disgusting. Lukewarm. So look, we are, we are God's coffee. That just came to me just now. So I want you guys to receive that. We are God's coffee. And he wants us hot or he wants us cold. But he does not want us to live a lukewarm, ordinary, boring, no passion life. He wants us to live a life Full of passion, and I'm not trying to step on any toes right off the bat because I've only been talking for four minutes, but I want you guys to really take this to heart because I'm up here on Sundays and Wednesdays, and I look out, and I can see there's people that are hot and cold, there's people that are passionate, but there's some lukewarm people, and let me tell you, that's the people that are going to get spit out. So ask yourself, am I lukewarm? Am I showing up to quarry? And sitting during Pap's message, lukewarm. Am I passionate or am I going to be lukewarm? That's the question for tonight, for my whole service. I want you all to be hot or cold. 
amen or boo, but don't be lukewarm. I don't care what y'all say, but I want you to say something. Amen? So God designed us to live a passionate life. Be hot. Be cold. Be something. Don't be lukewarm or you will be spit out. Amen. How many people do not want to be spit out by God? Amen. Okay. We are God's coffee. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about passion tonight and being passionate and not living a life of pressure and lukewarm mediocrity. How many people do not want to have a lukewarm, mediocre life? Raise your hand. I'm going to make you guys raise your hand a lot tonight. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to read another... I'm going to read another scripture, and this is from the book of John, and that's a short one, and I can pronounce it tonight. The book of John, chapter 2, verse 15. Now, this is Jesus. How many know we are supposed to live like Jesus? We are supposed to model our lives after Jesus. So let's read this story of an event that happened in Jesus' life. It says, Jesus made a whip from some rope and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Say amen. amen. I'm going to turn this table over. That's not going to happen. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And his disciples remembered the prophecy from the scripture that says, passion for God's house will consume me. Amen. Say amen passion for God's house. And that's what I want to talk about for a second because this is a story and Jesus had like just started his ministry. He had just, he did like one miracle so far, water to wine. And then he went straight into the temple and went nuts because um, people were like coming and selling stuff in the temple and like using it to try to make money in the house of God. And Jesus wasn't about that because that's not what the house of God is for. And we see he's so passionate for the house of God that he comes in with a whip and like turning over tables and letting doves fly free. And his, everyone's looking and then his disciples remembered um, a prophecy from the book of Psalms that said that passion for my father's house will consume me. Amen. And so since we're supposed to model our lives after Jesus, we are to be consumed for our father's house, which is the church. Amen. Amen. So we are to live our lives passionately for God and passionately for his house. We are to show up, you know, church is supposed to be something that we are passionate, not that we just come and we sit through and we endure it and it's over and it's like, finally, because I was hungry. Church is something that we should be passionate and excited about because great things happen in the house of God if you show up with the right attitude and you show up passionate and expectant. And so I want to talk about a parable that Jesus gives us in Matthew 25, and I'm not going to read it because it's long, but I'm going to give you a quick paraphrase, a pappy paraphrase. Somebody say amen for pappy paraphrases and I'm going to take a drink. Okay, thanks three of you for saying it. Um, so basically, Jesus is telling this story, and a parable is something that Jesus tells. Uh, it's a story that Jesus told to help you better understand a topic. And he tells this story. It's called the parable of the talents. And essentially, there is this master, and he had servants, and he was going on a trip, and he went to one servant and said, here's five talents, or um, essentially you know, money. Here's, you know, five talents for you to another one, three talents for you and to the last one, one talent for you. Um, you guys are in charge of these, this amount of money. I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to come back. So he comes back and the one with five talents says, 
I took the five talents and I invested it and I made five more talents. So now I have 10. And he says, great, good job. You're awesome. I love you. Moves on to the next one. I took the three talents you gave me and I invested it and I used it and I turned it and I got ooh, a burp. three more, three more talents, six total. Jesus says, great job. I love it. You're doing great. Moves on to the next one. And he says, I took the talent and um, I buried it and I didn't do anything with it. And uh, here it is back. And he says, he calls that servant wicked and like casts him out of the house. And that's, a, that's the parable of the talent. And, and, and what we can see from this is that God has given each of us gifts. God has put passion in each and every one of us. He has gifted us all in different areas. And just like the servants who used the talents and grew the talents and improved, we are to use our gift and be passionate about it and improve it and use it for our master's house, for God's house, for the church. The one, the, the one servant with the five talents, he was passionate about it, and he invested it and used it wisely, and it grew, and he got five more talents, and his master was pleased. But the, 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 the one with the one talent, he, he, uh, the reason that he gave for not doing more with his talent is, I was afraid. I knew you were a hard master. I thought you would be scared, or I was scared that you would be mad if I lost your talent, so I buried it, and here it is. That's, that's pressure. He didn't use his talent because he was pressured, because he was um, under fear of his master. And so when we're living under pressure and we're just showing up because we're, you know, our parents make us or because oh, I got to go to church and we're not using the passion and the gift that God gave us, we're the same as that servant who was under pressure and under fear and just buried his talent. And that does not please God. That is not what God created you for. That's not what God designed the church experience to be. He gave you all gifts and passions, and those are to be used for your father's house and for the church. So the gifts that are inside of you are to be used here. And just as an example, I am um, really passionate about music. I love music. I play music. I write music. I listen to music. I go see music. And God has gifted me with that. That has nothing to do with me being good at guitar or anything. That's because God has put that inside of me. And instead of going out and using it, you know, playing out in, you know, a band or just doing whatever, I'm um, bringing my gift and using it for God. I'm bringing my passion and using it for the house of God. And everybody has something that they can use. Everybody has a specific part and a specific passion that they bring to the table when it comes to the house of God and using it outside of the house of God is a waste. That's not what it was designed for. And so, you know, PJ, Pastor, Pastor Jordan, whom I call PJ in our private uh, hangouts, um, he talked, if you guys remember a while back, um, about finding your passion and asking yourself questions like, what am I good at? What do I enjoy? What do I love doing? If I could do anything for the rest of my life and money was not an issue, what would I do? What is something that comes easily to you that is difficult for others? If you ask yourself these questions, you'll be able to, to, uh, to put your finger on your talent or your gifting or, you know, the passion that God has placed in you. And it's not there just for you to have it or to, you know, use it at school and, you know, do all these school activities and, you know, use it all there. He's put that in you to use in his house and to build his house and to come into the church, passionate about using your gift. But that's why I'm excited to serve at church, because a lot of people come, especially in the Ministry of Helps, you know, oh, Ms. Debbie's got me in the preschool again. Oh, i got to show up early again. 
But that's not the attitude that you're going to have if you're bringing something that you're passionate about to the house of God. <clears throat> so um, something else I want to talk about is why we should live a life of passion and not pressure. Because if we're being honest, it's easier to live, you know, just kind of a lukewarm, generic, basic life. You don't really have to do anything. You just kind of coast. It's easy, right? Um, and it's easy to fall into that pattern. But like I said earlier, we weren't created to be lukewarm. We weren't created to live under pressure. And when I say under pressure, I know it, for a lot of us, especially when we're young, you know, there's that pressure from our parents to come. You know, you're going to go to youth group. You're going to go to church. You're going to read. You, know, did you, you can't play Xbox until you do your 10 minutes in the Bible and 10 minutes of praying. Anybody have rules like that? No, just a couple of us. I had a rule where I couldn't play Xbox or live TV until I spent 10 minutes in the Bible and then 10 minutes praying. Um, and I was always like, Ugh. it was pressure. I didn't want to do it. I didn't get anything out of it. It didn't do me any good. I just did it. But we weren't created to live like that. The Bible says that um, he compared, the Bible compares us to clay, and it calls God the potter. Not Harry Potter, but the potter. And we're, if you know anything about how pots are made, which I do because one time in elementary school, um, before I was homeschooled, they had a guy, a potter, come, and we watched him make a pot. It was boring. Um, but... <laughs> That, um, he, so basically they have a wheel and they put the clay on the wheel and then the wheel spins and they start to shape the clay and they begin to create whatever it is they're making, a vase or a pot or whatever. And, um, you know, they, they oftentimes put an intricate design and then they'll put a finish on it and a glaze and they put their time and their effort into creating something and they create the pot or the vase, whatever it is, they create it with a certain purpose in mind. You know, this is going to be uh, decorative. This is going to hold flowers. This is going to hold water. We're going to put, you know, sand in it. I don't know. Whatever you use pots for. Whatever you use urns for. We're going to put somebody's ashes in it. But um, it, <laughs> a potter created uh, their art with, with a purpose in mind. And God um, created us similarly with a purpose in mind. The Bible says that we are earthen vessels, a.k.a. vessels made out of clay, pots made out of clay, um, God being the potter. And so when we're, this is a pot, this is a vase. I got it from Pottery Barn. Um, and I want to show you guys this example. Um, and I'm going to have my good friend Pat Bussey, is he in here? Um, come up and help me with this because I want to illustrate this point because I, I want you guys to really, um, really grab a hold of this. We were created to live a life of passion. We were created for a certain purpose, and when you, um, you, when you live outside of that purpose, it's damaging to you. It's not, um, it's not what you were made to do. So we have this, uh, this uh, earthen vessel, this clay pot, right? And this pot was not made to exist under pressure. This pot was made to be a passionate flower pot in the center of a dining room table. But when pressure is applied to it, what happens? Pat is going to go ahead and put some pressure on the pot. And when we're living outside of the will of God, it cracks. Keep going. Keep putting the pressure on. When we're coming to church just because our parents make us, when we're not using our passions for God, when we're 
existing outside of what he called us to do, clay doesn't hold up under pressure. And it's not an accident that God uh, compared our creation to clay because we were made from the dust and we weren't made to hold up under pressure. Everybody give it up for Pat. His muscles are huge and he just destroyed that earthen vessel. So just like that clay pot wasn't made to hold up under pressure, our bodies are not made to hold up under pressure. And you can tell when you get under a lot of pressure and stress, what happens? You start getting sick. You start getting headaches. You start getting that scratchy throat. You start getting all hot and sweaty and your, your palms get all nasty and ugh. Your body's not made to handle pressure. That's why it gets, that's why it breaks down. Amen. That was awesome. I didn't know it was going to bust like that. That was cool. Amen. So when we're living our walk with God under pressure, our bodies are not made to, to sustain that. And that's why you see a lot of times uh, people that grow up in church and they're in ministry of helps and they seem like they're plugged in through their whole lives. And then they get 18 or they go to college or they move out of their parents' house and they go nuts. And they leave the church and they're doing whatever they want to do. Why? Because they were coming out of pressure, not out of passion. They were coming because their parents made them or they're coming because like these are you know the only friends that I have. So I guess I'll show up on Wednesday to hang out with them. They weren't coming because they were passionate about the, the father's house and passionate. And what happened? They cracked. They burnt out. And they're not here anymore. A lot of people that I grew up with aren't here anymore. And a lot of people that were um, older than me and that I looked up to a lot, they're not here anymore. Why? Because they were here under pressure, not, under, not, um, not with passion. Not because they were really living a passionate relationship with God and walking that out. And that's why you see that happen all the time. You see people just drift away. And so coming to church and, you know, having a relationship with God or praying and reading your Bible under pressure, that only lasts for so long. There's only so much pressure that you can put on that pot. And um, it's, it's not doing you any good. To come if you have that attitude. Like like I said earlier, if I sat down and I just opened my Bible and I was like, oh, I gotta read the Bible. There's a start in Genesis 1 1, and God created the earth and the heaven and the earth and split it in the water. That's not doing me any good. Yeah. That's a waste of time. Yes, if I just sit down and I just have my memorized prayer and I, our Father, our name, and you're just going through a, a list of memorized prayers that you have, it's not doing you any good because you're not really communicating with God. But when you how, come to God with a passion and you come to his word with, okay, I may not, I don't have to read eight chapters or eight books or a huge chunk of the Bible. I can read one verse and God can speak to me. I can spend 12 seconds in prayer and communicate with God. Say, God, I'm having a hard time today walking in love with Steve. He's really getting on my nerves, but I pray that your love would just be on me and that we would get along. That's a short thing, but that's going to help you so much more. A true passionate relationship with God rather than just a pressure relationship, doing things because you feel like you have to or, oh, if I don't show up on Sundays, people are going to, you know, think I'm backsliding or people are going to, you know, my mom's going to be mad or my friends are going to blow up my phone and be like, where were you? There comes a time in your life where you have to make the choice. Am I going to be passionate about this or I'm, am I going to crack? Am I going to flake out? Because I was, I mean, this, I had to make the choice too because I've been in this church since I was in preschool and I grew up and there was a long time where I was coming under pressure. 
I was like, my friends are at church. My parents, I know, are not going to give me the option not to go to church. I'm going to do my reading so I can play my Xbox. And I'm going to do my prayer time so mom doesn't yell at me. But I had no relationship with God. And it was boring and it was frustrating because without that connection to God, it's pointless. Like I said, going through the motions, it doesn't do anything. And so I got to a point where I had to say, okay, is this just what my parents believe? Is this just what my mom and dad have told me and pastor all of my life and Dr. Jacobs? Or is this what I believe? Do I believe that God is real and do I believe what he says in the Bible? And when I decided to take ownership of that for myself, that's when I really began to be passionate about the things of God. And that was really a huge turning point in my life because I made the decision, I'm going to be passionate. I'm not going to live under pressure anymore. I'm not coming to church because I have to. I'm 25 years old. I can do whatever I want. But I'm coming because I want to, because I love being here, because it helps me when I show up, because I get so much from the services and I love hanging out with the people here, and I'm passionate about God's house, and it's so fun, and, and that's the way that God designed us to live, and when you become passionate about it too, then you're going to be walking aligned with that, um, the, the will of God for your life, that he designed you to walk with that passion, and so I just want to challenge you guys, um, because like I said, everybody has to make the decision for themselves, and if you haven't made that decision yet, I want you to really... Um, I want you to really think about it, and I want, you to, I want to challenge you to make that decision because until you do, coming here is not, is not going to do you all that much good. Reading your Bible and praying is not, I mean, you know, yeah, it helps you because, like, it's the Bible and it's the Word of God, and God is gracious, and he's going to help you, but it's so much, it's so far below what God meant for it to be to you and how great he meant the house of God to be for you. And so I want to challenge you. If you haven't made that decision, if you haven't um, said, yeah, this is, this, is, uh, this is my faith. This isn't just what my parents do. This isn't just what my friends do. But this is what I'm passionate about. Then I really want you to uh, take some time tonight. It doesn't have to be here, but it can be later on tonight um, when you're by yourself. Get before God and really make that decision because I promise you it's going to change your life. It changed my life. I would not be here today if I was just coasting on like I was in some of my early teenage years, not passionate. I wouldn't be here because there would be no reason for me to stay if I wasn't passionate about it. But I am, and I love it, and it's changed my life. So um, that's really all I have today. I really want you guys to take uh, what I'm saying to heart and think about it and make that decision. Um, choose to live 